It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, listeners out there. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. It's me, Janice Malone here. And yeah, Saturday, it's a little chilly outside, but it's still sunny. That's what counts the most. But yeah, we're here. A lot of you I know who are visiting here. Merry Christmas to you. Hopefully you're winning lots of money. And the rest of you who are Christmas shopping, I understand you probably are Christmas shopping. And I wish you the best of luck in finding just that right gift as to what you really want to get and receive and all that kind of great stuff. Well, listen, before I tell you about our guest, to further speak of gifts, I have this listicle. I love listicles. This one is from HVAC Gnome, H-V-A-C-G-N-O-M-E.com, HVACGNOME.com. It's a blog site. And they have, for the holiday season, they always have really cool lists and such as that. They have, let me tell you what they have. They have the best cities for candle lovers. And we know candles are very, very nice to give as gifts. They are most of them, I should say pretty much all of them, smell very great. Fragrance is off the chain. And they're really fun and cool and beautiful to give as gifts. So this is one of the top gifts that, you know, for the person who has almost everything. You don't have to worry about sizes, what size, what shoe size and all that. So anyway, let's find out where does Las Vegas rank? If you are thinking about getting someone a set of candles or maybe a big, nice, fat, juicy candle, this might help you just give you some background on, on candles. So what they did, again, the website is called HVAC Gnome. That's a very unusual name anyway, HVACGNOME.com. So what they did, they took 250 of the biggest cities in the, uh, what they did was they took 250 of the biggest cities in America and they based it on three categories. They looked at candle shops, local candle makers, candle making classes, supply shops. Uh, and then, you know, then they just kind of broke it down from there. If you'd like to get the specifics on how they went about compiling this list, you again, website, their website, HVAC. Uh, gnome.com and you can see all of that. So, okay, let me tell you, Las Vegas ranks as number 15. That's not bad out of a list of 250 cities. That's not bad at all. It really isn't. So let me tell you who the other uh, cities are that rank above us. Number, I'm going to give you the top 10 because we don't have a whole lot of time. I've got to tell you about the guest here. So, Las Vegas ranks as number 15 of the cities for the best candle lovers, for people who love candles. 
I love candles myself. Anyway, so not Las Vegas is number 15. And so, okay, what is the number one best city for candle lovers? Drum roll, please. New York, New York, New York ranks as the number one best city for candle lovers, according to hvacgnome.com. Yeah, so check it out. Go see what they're all about. Uh, you know, again, it's a really fun um, website and they have really good information for you. So I just thought that was fun. Kind of interesting to know if you are in the market of buying some candles for uh, or a candle for your favorite friend or loved one or your person, significant other. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the guest here. We got guests. We got a lot of guests, as always. So, as we know, the Army-Navy game was earlier today in some parts of the region of the country. It is still going on, and I'm not going to be a spoiler, tell you the scores, anything like that. But what I will tell you is that yesterday morning, I had the opportunity to chat with Rich DeMarco, who is one of the play-by-play announcers for Army-Navy. Mm-hmm. You know, I love me some Army-Navy games. I love I just love college football, period. But I really do especially love Army-Navy games. So anyway, Rich DeMarco uh, will be joining us to tell us about uh, why the Army-Navy game was played at Gillette Stadium in New England instead of Philly. Anyway, he'll tell us all about that. And some more information about both teams that I didn't know about. We also have our buddy, our friend Chris Woolsey, he is, of course, the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, and he will be joining us to tell us what are some of the poppinest and hottest fun movies going on at Crackle, crackle.com, and you know their movies are always free. So they've got a lot of great movies for this month. So Chris will be joining us to talk about that. We will also be talking to two of the actors from Netflix's new show, Obliterated. Have you guys seen Obliterated? It's an action comedy on Netflix. It just started about a week ago. So we'll have the two leading stars from uh, Obliterated, okay? You know them, you've seen the show. We also have two more guests and they are New York Times bestselling authors, Mindy Thomas, and Guy Roz, and they are coming on the show to talk about, if you are a parent, you probably definitely already know about their hit podcast series for kids, Wow in the World. Oh my goodness, Wow in the World, that podcast has just millions of listeners and fans and all of that. Well, they have a new book, Guy and Mindy's latest book is titled, Wow in the World, Wow in Space, a Galactic Guide to the Universe and Beyond. That's a mouthful. But it is a fun book. It is uh, a part of the wow in the world uh, cottage industry now of so many fine products that children all over the world just love. So this one is about, of course, outer space, the galaxies, the universe, and uh, the stars, the moon, the planets, all that stuff. Hey, Speaking of, if anybody wants to get me a gift, get me a telescope. Thank you. Just thought I'd throw that in. I have wanted a telescope my whole life, and I'm really into all of that space stuff. I don't know about the aliens part, but I do love 
outer space and just looking at the galaxies and all that. Give me a telescope. Yeah, even if it's a pawn shop, I'll take. Go to Pawn Stars. Go to their store and give me a telescope. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, those are our guests, um, Mindy Thomas and Guy Raz, uh, Wow in the World, their new book, the podcast, Disley's. So, okay, that's our lineup of guests. You got it? So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will be chatting with our first guest. You're listening to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and I'll be right back in like 10 seconds. Okay, before we get to our guests, I want to share with you an audition that just popped in here, and I think you will love this. So this is what it's about. There is a new show. The new show is casting, and they're looking for couples. The title of it is called Cold Feet Confessions. Yes, this is a new docu-series, and it is uh, being created by an acclaimed, very well-known production company in cooperation with a major television network, and they are casting an all-new groundbreaking documentary series, reality show, that helps engaged couples grapple with some of their you know, innermost doubts, insecurities, and curiosities before they say, I do. Okay, now let me give you a little bit more information. So if you're, if you are engaged, but you're having second thoughts, are you unsure? Even if you're engaged, are you unsure that this is the right person altogether? Are you a couple and one of you or maybe both of you are curious about what it would be like to be with someone who's of a different gender? Uh, Are you curious about a style of relationship like uh, polyamory, you know, um, threesomes, foursomes, or maybe have you fantasized about being with a person of a different background? Any of these types of scenarios that is causing you to maybe have cold feet, therein lies the title. So this new show is interested in knowing uh, what's, the, what's it all about for you. So they are asking if there are couples out there who have maybe those types of questions in their background, in the back of their mind, I should say. Uh, are you interested in knowing a completely different life or a lifestyle before you commit the rest of your life to one person? Or, or are you holding back a secret? If you have those types of doubts in the back of your mind, once again, this new TV show they're putting together is titled Cold Feet Confessions. You need to get in touch with the casting directors and people of this new show. The email address is casting at bodegapictures.com. That's casting, and the way you spell it is B as in boy, O, D as in dog, E, G, A, pictures.com. Casting at bodegapictures.com and you just kind of write a little small nothing long and if you don't have a pen and paper to write that down or your ipad you can email me info at filmfestivalradio.com and since vegas is like the wedding capital of north america 
And so since Vegas is the wedding capital of North America, definitely we want to have a lot of you listening out there to explore and to see if you qualify for this new reality television show. So I thought I'd share that with you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with our good friend, Chris Woolsey, Senior Director of Communications at Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. and one. All right, listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all of those great things. Personally, I still prefer saying Merry Christmas. That's just me because I'm old school like that. And we have waiting on board the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Chris Woolsey is here to tell us really and truly what is popping at Crackle for the month of December. Chris, welcome. 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 Janet, thank you so much and happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Um, so glad to be here and it's always a pleasure to hear your melodious tones, especially during the holiday season. Oh, that's so sweet of you. It is so sweet of you. And it's good to have you back, of course. It is great to be back. Had a quick European jaunt to celebrate yes. my wife and I's 25th wedding anniversary and now I'm back and uh, we've got so much to talk about. All right, so what has Santa delivered for us for the month of December at Crackle? Oh my goodness, so many amazing holiday titles I can't even begin to tell you and yet I'm going to. <laughs> um, so much great stuff. So, you know, we've, we've talked about before uh, the Chicken Soup for the Soul originals that we have. Uh, every month, not only on Chicken Soup of the Soul uh, streaming service, but also on Crackle. And we've got a great one uh, this month called A Cowboy Christmas. And, you know, everybody during the holidays loves rom-coms. They love the Hallmark-type movies, and we have a ton. So if people are watching Hallmark and they're like, I've seen all these a million times, Chicken Soup of the Soul has a whole slate of rom-coms that you have probably never seen before and are star-studded and fantastic. So uh, A Cowboy Christmas is one of my favorites. And uh, I, I know you're going to, uh, you're going to doubt that this is even possible, but it's about a city-loving, high-powered executive female who falls in love with a country-loving cowboy. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> no way. That happens? I guess so. Right? I know. But I mean, that there's a formula for a reason, because these things are really fun to watch, especially during the holidays. There's so much stress. There's so much uh, hubbub. And sometimes it's nice to just sit down on the couch and watch a feel-good uh, program. And so Cowboy Christmas is that. Uh, this executive descends on a Canadian dude ranch in order to try to uh, corral her next big client. And lo and behold, she gets lassoed by the love of her life. Oh. And uh, it's very cute. Tegan Vincennes from A Million Little Things and Brendan Martin from Outlander uh, are the leads. And they are spectacular. Super, super cute. Oh, that sounds so cool. I mean, who is kind of like Christmas. You, you kind of forget about cowboys, but cowboys need Christmas too. So, hey. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And we've got another really cute one. Uh, this one's called Hats Off to Christmas. And this is starring Haley Duff uh, from Napoleon Dynamite. And yes. Other 
Yep, yep. Hillary's Hillary's sister, uh, I might add, mm-hmm. um, and Antonio Cupo from Bomb Girls. And this one's really cute. It's about a, a small town hat store employee who thinks she's getting the promotion of a lifetime to management and finds out that she is being asked to train the owner's son for the position she thought she was going to get. Oh, God, don't you hate when that happens? Oh. Right? Exactly. <laughs> super, super cute. Okay. Uh, Haley Duff's adorable, as always. Um, and again, it's exactly the kind of feel-good content that you're looking for during the holidays. It's, it's really good. Well, you know, Chris, anybody connected to Napoleon Dynamite is my friend for life. As far as <laughs> I, I just, know my kids love that movie. I just refuse to grow up and get away from that movie. But yes, I'm going to love her for sure in this movie. And so now that a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, that's my that's my starter for yep. Christmas season. <laughs> so any any cutesy stuff like that? Or what? Yes. So we've got one called A Dog Named Christmas. Oh, you, come on. What, what more do you need? you got dogs, you got Christmas. So this is actually a Hallmark Hall of Fame title. It's one of their best-performing films of all time. And it's about a, a young disabled boy who talks his family and then his entire community into adopting all of the dogs that are in the pound over oh, the holidays. How cute. Oh. It's really sweet. Um, starring Bruce Greenwood from Star Trek and Linda Emmond, uh, who's on the hit series Only Murders in the Building, which is tearing it up right now. Um, really sweet. Uh, again, it's it's the perfect holiday feel-good programming. It's great. A dog named Christmas. Now, you know, people are going to see this and they're going to immediately, if they get a dog or a puppy for Christmas, they're going to name the dog Christmas. I just feel it. I just, exactly. I just feel it. I just do. I just do. Okay. Any more? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, you know, I love a good tearjerker. I love it's a wonderful life and just oh, yes. crying my eyes out every single time, no matter how many times. We've got a great tearjerker this month called Christmas for a dollar and this Christmas for a dollar. And so this is a period piece about a young widower played by Brian Krause from Charmed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a family full of kids. They recently lost mom. Uh, he's really having a hard time making ends meet. It's the it's the depression, all everything that goes along, the struggles that go along with that. But he desperately wants to teach his kids a lesson about generosity and the the meaning of the season. And so he scrapes together one dollar and says, "Kids, let's get together and let's figure out how we can use this one dollar to bless our community." Oh. And the crazy ways that the kids use this one dollar uh, to, to help bless others around them—it's—it's it's really a, a sweet movie. Uh, Nancy Stafford is uh, Nancy Stafford. also in that, and she is fantastic. A friend of mine, uh, actually a friend of yours as well, Ryan O'Quinn, yeah. uh, just worked with her on his film *Paul's Promise* and said uh, that she was uh, could not be more wonderful to work with. Oh, I remember her so well. Yes, yes. I always loved her. Just, yep, from that lock. Yep, yeah, she's great. That's really great. So, A Dollar for Christmas. That's the official title. Christmas for a dollar. Christmas for a dollar. Okay. Man, if only that could be. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. Good luck. But that is the true meaning of Christmas, what that synopsis is all about. That really is what it should be about. But. Yep. 
And we know it's all about PlayStation 5. We know it. We just just know it. Sad but true. Well, finally, Chris, how can, remind everybody, how can they see some of these great, fun films in the comforts of their own home? What do they need to do? Just go to their favorite app store and download the Crackle app. It's available for your connected TV, your laptop, desktop, uh, mobile device, tablet, whatever. However you watch movies, the Crackle app is there for you. Or you can just go to crackle.com on your uh, laptop or desktop and cast it to any device. But it's always free. Always free. That is the cool thing about Crackle. Great movies, great TV content, and it's always free. And so we're going to keep it that way on into 2024 and beyond. Yes. That's right. We've got a lot coming next year. Just you wait, Janice. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, okay, that's going to do it for this edition of uh, Crackle for December. And so we'll see you next week. You will. I look forward to it. Okay. Thanks, Janice. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Okay, we are back here with more Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and it's time to bring on our first guest here. Well, in some parts of the country, the Army-Navy game is wrapping up. Don't want to be a spoiler on any of that. But anyway, uh, Army-Navy is one of my favorite college football games. It just is. I just love all the, the walk-on, the, the history of it, just the, the everything about it. But I had the opportunity to, uh, what was that, yesterday, I chatted. I had the opportunity yesterday to chat with uh, Rich DeMarco, who's one of the play-by-play announcers uh, for the game. He is, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Start over. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to chat with one of the play-by-play announcers for the Army-Navy game, Rich DeMarco of the Army West Point Black Knights team. I was supposed to also talk with uh, Pete Medhurst of the Navy Midshipmen, but I had a schedule delay or something. But I did talk to Rich, and he was at Gillette Stadium there in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where the game uh, was played. So we had a nice, nice chat. And so a lot of people are probably wondering, well, why was the Army-Navy game not played in Pennsylvania, where it's normally done? Why were they playing it in New England? Well, I have the answer of that. This installment of the Army-Navy game, it was done there because it was a part of history. Yeah, the game is in the Boston area in honor of the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party and the first battles, I should say, of the American Revolution, the battles of Lexington and Concord and all of that. So the Army-Navy game will return back to Philadelphia to play in 2027. So you have to go to their website to see where they're going to be playing next year and the following year and the following year. But anyway, that's the story behind uh, why Army-Navy game was played in Foxborough. So as I said, I had the opportunity to chat with Rich DeMarco. I just love Army-Navy games. I just love the pageantry, the walk-on, I mean, the march-on, I should say. Um, yeah, I just love it all. 
I love the pageantry of the Army-Navy game, the march on, the great looking uniforms, and uh, it's just it's just a great game. And I look forward to one day attending the game as a media person so I can cover it as a media person so I can be or as warm in the stadium. I'm just kind of chicken when it comes to uh, real cold temperatures like that. But for Army-Navy, it's so worth it to brave the temperatures. But anyway, let's go to my chat with Rich DeMarco, play-by-play announcer for the Army-Navy game, which should be wrapping up in certain regions of the country. So let's roll it right now. All right, listeners, and Uh, As everyone knows, I am a huge football queen. I love college football and NFL as well. So it's that time of year for college football fans. It's time to say, go Army, beat Navy, or go Navy, beat Army, because this Saturday, the annual Army-Navy game will take place. And I have on board with me one of the play-by-play announcers, Rich DeMarco of the Army West Point Black Knights. Good morning to you. How are you this afternoon? I should say afternoon in your time zone. (laughs) I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, okay. Uh, You are at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, of course, where the game will take place again on Saturday on on, uh, CBS. So why, in addition to this being the 124th edition of this game, why is this Saturday's game extra special? Well, I think it's, you know, it's special every year, right? Mm -hmm. I think maybe a couple things adding to it being special is for the first time being played in the greater Boston area here at Foxborough Stadium, Uh, New England being branded as the, as the host, of course, the home of the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the level of excitement and exposure this game has gotten over the years has really almost upped it annually, where every year seems like it's the biggest Army-Navy game from, you know, the different uh, things, activations around the game to things like the presenting sponsor USAA is doing this year. You know, they support the game in so many ways, and they're teaming up with New England Patriots football legend, four-time Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski, a recycled rides vehicle gifting ceremony on Friday, the day before the Army-Navy game. He's going to help USAA hand over the keys to vehicles to deserving Army and Navy military families. These are vehicles that have been retrofitted to fit the needs of these Army and Navy families and help them, you know, with their everyday lives. So there's just so much, you know, when you talk about giving back like that, in addition to just the great experience on the field and and everything we're going to see, it just makes for really a, a priceless, priceless event. Now, if the world didn't love Gronk already, and for him to be a part of this very notable uh, opportunity here, that's wonderful. I'm just going to cheer for Gronk even more when I see him on Sunday on, <laughs> in a Fox Sports there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, now, I understand this game, of course, is sold out. Any word if um, Tom Brady might be in the house or what? No, I don't know about Tom Brady. It's interesting, though, the, the excitement for this game and the ticket demand has been really through the roof. And last week, we were in an event here at the stadium and Jonathan Kraft, you know, the Kraft family, obviously owners of the New England Patriots, they operate um, Gillette Stadium. He had said that the demand of this game for tickets is more than anything they've had this year and even more than Taylor Swift. Oh, so that stop. kind of puts it on the <laughs> level of this game. And uh, it's going to be 
It's going to be a lot of fun. Lot oh, of my fun. God. Uh, okay, up there with Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so it. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk a little bit football. Football here, technically speaking. Uh, Army and Navy, both standings are five and six. They're pretty evenly matched as far as standings. But who has the better advantage when you dig deep, take a deep dive in that? Uh, you know, I think it's so close, and I really mean it. Army's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and really the point spread probably based on the fact that Army defeated Air Force, Navy lost to Air Force, but this is a straight-even-up game. Army's won three in a row coming in. Navy's had an up-and-down year, comes in with the same record, five and six. A lot of these guys are recruited by the same schools, both Army and Navy. It's, again, really a toss-up, and I think that's what makes the game so great is you don't know who's going to step up, how it's going to go, but you know it's going to be an entertaining and a great game. And so what do these two quarterbacks look like, Bryson and Xavier here? Yeah, I'll tell you, Xavier Arline, he's had a big history in this Army-Navy game. Started in this game as a freshman in 2020 during the COVID year, and that game was played at West Point. So he's had a lot of experience. He's had injuries. He's been up and down. Bryson Daly, this for Army, his first year as the starter, and Bryson has taken on what's been a new offense here for Army, and he's done a great job growing into the passing role, also running the ball. So uh, it's going to be a uh, you know, a lot of pressure always on the quarterback, and, and they're two good ones in this game here Saturday. What is tailgating like at an Army-Navy game? You know, I wish I wish I would know because I'm <laughs> in the stadium, you know, when everyone's tailgating. But when you're driving in, you're seeing, you know, families, generations tailgating, whether it's classmates for those who attended the academies or people who have just been coming for years, for decades. You see the flags being hung from from cars and just it's such a happening and such, you know, such togetherness in the fellowship. You know, you think about how sports connects people, right? It connects generations. It connects families. And I think Army, Navy, like many other sporting events, is just a great example of it being a focal point that people can just come together and celebrate together. I really love the rivalries. Of course, we've got the Iron Bowl with Auburn and Alabama. Oh, my God, Ohio State and Michigan. Well, is Army-Navy, is that the biggest, in your opinion, of the college football rivalries or, or what? I think it is. I don't think there's a rivalry where, you know, more people care about one team or the other. You know, I think there's people that would go to a Alabama-Auburn game, go to a Texas-Oklahoma game and just want to watch it and just observe it just as a neutral fan, where I think everyone, you know, has either served, has a family member or knows someone who has served in either the Army or the Navy. So when they watch that game, whether they're in the stadium or they turn it on on the TV, turn it on on the radio, they're going to be saying, oh, you know, there was that cousin, there was that niece, there was that uncle that served. That's who I'm going to be rooting for. So that's what I think makes it different and special, more special than anything else. Now, how long have you been uh, one of the play-by-play -play announcers for this game? Uh, this is my 20th Army-Navy game, my 14th as the play-by-play -play announcer across the Army radio network. So it's really a, it's really a, a truly humbling, and it's uh, truly just so special to be part of it. Uh, out of those two decades and some change there, is there one or two in particular games that you just kind of sticks with you that you really, really can't forget or loved more or can't, oh, I can't believe it type of games between these two teams or what? Yeah, the 2016 game, Army had lost 14 games in a row to Navy 
and that one, Army broke the 14-year losing streak to Navy. Ahmad Bradshaw had a touchdown late in the game to win it, and that uh, that one's always going to stick out as truly, truly uh, a special one. Now, we talked about the two quarterbacks for, for Saturday. Are there any other players on each team that people need to kind of keep an eye on, maybe potential NFL futures or what? Um, you know, I think NFL is something that, uh, you know, we'll see down the road for these guys. I, you know, they're, they're signing up to do something a lot bigger than that. And so nothing in terms of like the NFL in regards to, uh, there's been a lot of talk, you know, around it. I think, you know, when you look at Navy, they've had a robust running attack, Eli Heidenreich, Alex Teska, a slot back and a fullback. They actually played high school football together in Western Pennsylvania. For Army, the quarterback Bryson Daly, he's been terrific. Kanye Udo who's a freshman. He's had a terrific year running the football. There's also a couple of veteran Army fullbacks, Jacoby Buchanan and Tyson Riley, who I think are going to have a say in how this game plays out. Okay. And finally, on my bucket list is to one day attend an Army-Navy game as a media rep. But one of my favorite parts of this game is the march on. I, I mean, it makes you want to salute your flat screen TV. It's just so beautiful to watch every year. Do you get choked up when you see, well, you've seen so many, but I still do. I just love it. Uh, yeah, the, the march ons are special. The thing that I think is more, uh, to me, chokes me up is after the game, you know, mm-hmm. after you know, the battle on the field, they'll be arm in arm, the Army players, yeah. the Navy players, and they'll, you know, be playing the alma maters, and that makes it just adds to how much more special it is. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't, and normally I'm not a cold weather chick, but for an Army Navy game, I will battle the cold for that game. Yes, I will do uh, it. I guess I will. I think a lot of people do that. Yes. <laughs> It's so worth it. It is so worth it. Well, okay. I think we have covered just about everything here in my little allotment of time. Any closing remarks here? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be just a great time, and I appreciate spending the time with you. And uh, can't wait till Saturday. I can't either. I'm going to put on my little little cap and everything and just, I don't know, should I say go Army beat Navy or go Navy beat Army? What would you suggest? Ah, you got me on the phone. Go, go Army beat Navy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick with you then. Well, Rich there, Marco, thank you so much. And I'll, we'll see you on Saturday on TV, CBS. Okay, okay take Sounds care. Sounds like then. a plan. Okay, bye-bye. Well, my next interview is with two very talented actors from the new television show, Obliterated, that is currently uh, on Netflix. And this show is from the same people who brought us Cobra Kai, and we know how much the whole world enjoyed Cobra Kai. So this new series just started just uh, about a week ago, to be honest with you. I think it was like November 30th, I believe. So it stars uh, Shelley Henning and Nick Zano. According to some people, they describe Obliterated as a cross between The Hangover meets Mission Impossible. It's an interesting combo there. But it's uh, being described as an action comedy. You probably, hopefully, are already watching it. So let me give you the quick summary here. It tells the story of an elite special forces team 
and they are faced with this deadly threat of deactivating a bomb that threatens to destroy Las Vegas. Oh my goodness, that's us. Don't you just hate when that happens? But oh, don't, don't worry because the team is on the job. They know the assignment and they are going to get to work. So again, uh, the two stars are Shelly Henning and Nick Zano. And so I had the opportunity to chat with them just yesterday, in fact. And so they tell and share about their show and what it was like shooting some of it in Vegas, of course, storyline, and just a lot of other details. So let's take a listen at my chat with the stars of Netflix's new series, Obliterated. Let's take a listen. Let's roll it. Good morning. Hello. How are both of you doing this morning? This early morning, I should say. Shelly and Nick, we got here. Yeah. Good morning, Las Vegas. Good morning, Vegas. Oh, yes. Well, I am so, you know, I've been watching this this show and it is obliterated, I would like to say, on Netflix and is described as an action comedy. And so I saw one description that says the hangover meets Mission Impossible. Is that a good description for this show or what? You nailed it. Sure. Okay. And that's what a sandwich that makes here, you know. How funny the hangover was and how serious Mission Impossible is. And we are based in, in Vegas. So did you guys shoot the whole show, the whole series here or what? Filmed most of it in Albuquerque, but we had a very memorable month in Las Vegas at the end of the shoot. Albuquerque. Okay. A month we'll never forget. <laughs> okay. Can we can we hear a little bit about what was so memorable about being here or what? Oh, I think shooting in Vegas, just outside on a sidewalk in Vegas is an experience. Shooting in uh, a casino at 4.15 in the morning on a Monday and getting to meet all the wonderful occupants in the casino at (laughs) 4.15 while we're completely sober and working is uh, is an experience you never forget. So uh, for the two of you... Experiencing Vegas sober versus experiencing Vegas, as we shall say, happy. Is that a big difference or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, trying to film in, in Vegas with all of the, I mean, you know, Sin City. Uh, wait, hold on. If you're from Vegas, do you say that or is it really, really cheesy to say that? Oh, no, Sin I'm a City. transplant. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we had to stay focused, which, it was easy to do because we had so much on our plate. I mean, the show is action packed and you can imagine what it was like filming an action packed show. I mean, it was like that behind the scenes. Uh, one of our favorite stories is there's a money drop in an episode and there's just fake money flying all over the, the Vegas strip and pedestrians or, or people in their cars were grabbing it. Like they thought it was real cars were pulling <laughs> over, getting out, grabbing the money and, and driving off. So uh, we're sorry that that money was fake. We we really wish we could have um, contributed uh, financially, but hopefully the people in Las Vegas will tune in and and enjoy the fun that we had um, doing a show that takes place there. And so, okay, uh, the the basis of the show is like Vegas is in trouble because some crazy terrorist types are trying to destroy Vegas. Nuclear bomb. Nuclear bomb. Threatening Vegas. 
Okay, so the two of you rescue Vegas. Is that the bottom line? Eight of Our us. team, yeah. We have a team, and the team deactivates uh, the nuke. And uh, my character, McKnight, decides to throw a party to celebrate us as real American heroes. And uh, he rents out a $60,000 a night hotel in Vegas and proceeds to throw the biggest party the government ever funded. And uh, the entire team partakes in some very hardcore narcotics. And when they're at the pinnacle of their narcotic experience, they get a call that they got the fake nuke and the real nuke is still in play. So in this condition, they head off into the desert in search of the real nuke. Oh, man, don't you hate when that happens? My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, okay. I mean, I am such a James Bond Mission Impossible type fan. So this is really right down my alley. And of course, the original, for me, the original Hangover movie was just the everything. Uh, So, okay, was there a lot of, uh, I know it's a lot of action, but any special training, working out, special routine as fitness to prepare for these roles or what? Oh yeah, we had plenty. We we had uh, a substantial amount of tactical training with our, our Navy SEAL advisor, Kevin Kent, who uh, is fantastic and was patient with us and helped us through to uh, make all the handling of the weapons uh, be believable and uh, make us look like we do this for a living. Oh, so so there was a lot. You had a real Navy SEAL expert there. That is, ooh, I bet that was fun. Yeah, Navy SEALs are rad. Yes, I have a relative who's one, and he's not for play play at all about it. So, uh, yeah, that really puts... We took that part very seriously, so I, I think he, he he might appreciate it. But, you know, this, the show is an action comedy, uh, so we did what we could to make it, you know, as rooted in reality as, as we could, but it's, it's fun. Um, and we, ha- if you're a fun person, you're going to love the show. Okay. So Shelly, your character, tell us about Ava. Who is she exactly? Ava Winters is a top CIA intelligence officer, and she's in charge of calling the shots for this mission. She's someone who throws herself into work. She avoids her personal life. She's heartbroken. She lost her fiance on a mission a year prior to when the show begins. And she's not dealt with that yet. She's thrown herself into another mission. And um, it's her worst nightmare when she finally decides to let loose. That's like the, it was like the worst time to ever decide to do that. And now she has to continue to lead this group to save Las Vegas, but extremely intoxicated. And she's just, she's someone who will absolutely point her finger. Uh, and in this case, we'll point it at McKnight because it was his idea to get obliterated. Um, but, you know, there's I, there, her arc is that she's really uh, bossy. And um, by the end of it, she learns how to work even more as as a group and to let to let her vulnerability in, but we'll see if that was a good decision or not. Okay, and Nick, and who is your guy? Tell us about Chad. Chad is a is a is a Navy SEAL who is we who we meet 
when he's at the absolute apex of his experience of being a Navy SEAL. There's nothing going wrong. He is living his dream uh, as dire the situation may be. Uh, this is his heaven. This is his nirvana as being on a mission like this. Um, and that was, uh, it was fun to play. It's fun to play that no matter what's happening, he's up for the challenge. Okay. And finally, I know that both of you were hard at work. It's hard to believe people in Vegas actually hard, work hard, but you were hard at work unobliterated. But did you have any time to win or lose any money gambling here? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, I don't gamble. Um, I actually, I did take a few dollars from crew. Um, and I, I did, uh, you know, in between, we're filming in a real casino. I did, I did pull a few, what do you call them? Levers? Yeah. This is how much I know about gambling. I lost about $5 for the crew, but, uh, I, I paid them back in my own money. Oh, five whole dollars. Oh, you sound like me. I know. I, I'm I, a big high roller. Yeah, I'm such a novice at gambling. It's just unbelievable. But we've had these these different, so many movies over the years about Las Vegas, leaving Las Vegas, and now we have obliterated, which I guess is a form of saying saving Las Vegas. So uh, Netflix, the people who brought us Cobra Kai, now have given us obliterated. So want to thank both of you for joining us to tell us about obliterated. And so... Happy holiday and Merry Christmas and all of that kind of stuff to both of you. Thank you, Janet. Season's greetings, Janet. Oh, yeah, I forgot about season greeting. Thank you for reminding me of that one. <laughs> Always, that's like the redhead stepchild of Christmas, Christmas greetings. Okay, season's greetings. Yes, remember that. Okay, we'll see you guys on Obliterated. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, we are back with more show here. You know, we were talking about candles earlier. Kind of made, made me kind of want to have some candles burning. So I've got me some candles going right now here. So let's talk about our next guest here, our next set of guests here. As I mentioned earlier, we have not one, but two New York Times best-selling authors, Mindy Thomas and Guy Raz. And they are responsible. They are the creators of the very popular Wow in the World podcast. And if you have children, I know you more than know what Wow in the World uh, the podcast is all about, especially if your child or your children are interested in the stars and the you especially know about the Wow in the World podcast series, especially if your children are big fans of the galaxies and the stars, the moons, uh, out of space and all of that. So that is primarily what our Wow in the World the podcast is all about. It's a really good podcast uh, series there. So now Mindy and Guy have a new book. It's titled Wow in the World, Wow in Space, A Galactic Guide to the Universe and Beyond. And both of these co-hosts here, they're talented writers and podcast hosts, and they're just very creative people. And so I highly suggest if you have a child or a 
preteen or a teen, might you, that's interested in outer space and all of that, and you're looking for a gift for them, this might be a book that I would highly recommend that you go and check out. So I had the opportunity to talk to Mindy and Guy on Thursday. And so let's roll that interview with them right this very minute, right now. I should say good morning to both of you. Good morning. So, okay, I will tell everyone that we are all gathered here, all three of us. And when I say three of us, I'm speaking of New York Times bestselling authors, Mindy Thomas and Guy Raz. And of course, they are the authors of the new book, Wow in the World, Wow in Space, A Galactic Guide to the Universe and Beyond. So hello again to both of you. And let's talk about it here. Well, great. The the book is, of course, in conjunction with the mega popular Wow in the World podcast. Can you walk us through what our young readers are going to see and learn when they open up this new book? Sure. Uh, this book is a, a guide to the universe and beyond. So we take you everything through everything from how a star is formed, how a galaxy is made. Uh, we visit some of the animals that were sent to space before us, how a space shuttle work was what life is like on the International Space Station, uh, and everything for, for people who, kids who are already interested in space and science, but also a lot in there for kids who think that they might not be, who think that it's, uh, the science is boring or space isn't that interesting. We've created a book that I think has something for everyone with lots of different points of entries for all kinds of learners and all kinds of readers. And so what age group are we talking about uh, for the book as well as the podcast for parents who may not be too familiar with the WOW series? Janice, that's a great question. Um, generally, our audience is it's a very broad audience, anywhere from as young as four or five years old up to 12, 13 years old. That's on our podcast and in our books. And in this book, Wow in Space, we have real world science. You know, we really go into it, into the details about black holes and the formation of supernovas, about the gases and elements and chemicals that make up our universe. So the real hard science. But we also talk about fun things like, for example, what it's like to pass gas in space because we <laughs> discovered what that's like when we were working on this book. And I will tell you, it's not very pleasant for the people around you. So it's really designed to delight and inspire, but also to make kids laugh because we know that when kids laugh, when they're learning, they remember things more deeply and intentionally. And space is so inspiring. And we want kids not just to learn about space, but to really learn about it through humor and fun and jokes and games. That is funny, Guy. That is quite funny. It's something <laughs> I never thought about. <laughs> space and gas. Okay. 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 And having said that, uh, I really think it's really cool how both of you do blend in comedy and humor because, you know, when we think about space and galaxies, it's so really serious, but not so much in this case. You do do a great job of balancing both the comedy and the information, and I commend you both for doing so, especially for kids. Yeah, we think it's important, and uh, it's. I think it's, like I said, it's how kids learn. It makes things stickier in their brains. 
And things don't have to feel like a textbook. We wanted to create a book that didn't feel like school, that didn't feel like homework to read. And because uh, that's, you know, that's how we learn as adults. We seek out information that's presented to us in a really fun way. And we wanted to do that for kids. And so I know, again, that the both of you are New York Times bestselling authors, and you've done a lot of research for this series. So what are some, maybe a couple of cool, really cool, unexpected things that you both discovered as you were putting this book together? Things like about outer space that you go, oh, I didn't know that. You know, Janice, space is so inspiring. It's so limitless. And what's amazing is there is a lot we know, and there's so much more we have yet to discover. I mean, even as recently as 25 years ago, we weren't able to confirm whether there were that many exoplanets in our own galaxy. We now know that there are probably 400 billion planets in our own galaxy. I mean, every star you look up and see at night is its own solar system. Like, we think of our Earth and our solar system as the center of everything. Yeah. But we're just a tiny little speck in this vast universe. You know, we are just one planet out of maybe four or 500 billion in our own galaxy. And there are like two trillion galaxies in our universe. So you can just imagine all the possibilities out there. I mean, the potential for other life out there somewhere. And it's so incredible when you think about those things. And that's really what we, we wanted to transmit in this book, that excitement, that passion and inspiring feeling. So, okay. Wow in the world, the podcast, wow in the world, wow in space, a galactic guide to the universe and beyond the latest project. What's next for you guys? Will there be wow in the world television series maybe, or what film? I would say anything is possible. We are always reaching for the stars. But <laughs> oh, we, we do are indeed. We have more books on the way. We have uh, other podcasts besides just Wow in the World. We have a whole kids media company, uh, sort of audio first right now. And you can find out more at tinkercast.com. Okay. And so tell everyone, uh, is that where they can find the podcast as well? The, the Wow in the World podcast, same location? Yes, you can find it at Tinkercast.com, but you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, at Spotify okay. or Apple or Amazon Music. Just search for Wow in the World. And, of course, our book is available wherever books are sold, including on Amazon. And this is, of course, holiday season. What a great gift for the little ones out here and the big ones like me, too. I am still <laughs> buying my first telescope, believe it or not, folks. I love it. I am so I excited. So um, that's a gift for myself, actually, for Christmas. So again, thank you both, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and your families. To you too, Jess. Bye thank bye. you so much. Okay, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Okay, we are so out of time, and I want to thank everybody, all of our guests, for joining us. It's a busy holiday season, and they took the time to join us and do the interviews with us earlier in the week. And of course, I would not get anything for Christmas from Santa if I did not say thank you to all of the listeners who listen to us each week, who listen to our podcast uh, version of Film Festival Radio Show, which you can find on all the major podcast networks out here. Don't have time to name them all. They're out there, though. But anyway, uh, stay safe while you're shopping. Take a 
you know, kind of rest if you need to go get some hot cider or take a beer or something like that. And then just go back to shopping. So we will see you next week on another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. See you then. Take care. Bye-bye.